You're listening to the Great Council Podcast, Babylon 5 Revisited, where we will forever stand between the candle and the star, between the darkness and the light. I am your host, Craig DeManda, and in Valen's name, I take the place that has been prepared for me. My fellow council members, Daryl Taylor of the Warrior Cast. Thomas? Timmy? Jinxo to you, sir. Oh. <laughs> Jim Dietz of the Religious Cast. Jim? God? Is the voice of God with us? No no boom? No, bo- no boom. <laughs> no boom today. No, no boom today. Boom, boom tomorrow. tomorrow. There's always, There's always a boom a tomorrow. Boom tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Richard Chubtoad Sheldon with the rank of novitiate. Fools to the left of me, feeders to the right. Here I am, stuck in the station with you. Good. I like that. That's good. We have some of our dogs call back there. I like that. Well, when ah. when Londo said that, I about died. Feeders to the Hello. left of me. <laughs> Can you hear me? Hello? Yes, go ahead, Jim. We hear you. Yes. No, I mean, that's Reservoir Dogs callback. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> such a good movie, isn't it? Like, is that the kind of movie, like, when it's on, you have to stop and watch it, right? It's, it's almost like. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, that's what oh, it was. Hey, hey, Craig. Hey, Craig. Yeah. That's Reservoir Dogs callback. <laughs> What's that? It's a callback to my callback. It's oh, a callback okay. to the callback. Gotcha. He's doing Thank a callback you. to my callback. Yeah, to hence, Chubb's callback. Hence, like a virgin. So, guys, thanks for joining us on, on <laughs> Babylon 5 Revisited, the Great Council podcast, okay, where every week we, we revisit two episodes of the epic sci-fi show Babylon 5. This every week, week? Every week until we get through the whole darn thing. Season oh, wow. 1, we are still right in the heart of season 1, episodes 15 and 16, Grail and Eyes. So two very classic season ah, 1 episodes. That was the most running I've ever seen in Sinclair do. It's You're out of line, it. mister. I'll put you in a firing squad for this one. <laughs> I'm sick of this. <laughs> You're not going to scan me. Yeah, there's a lot of gruff. I got, some, I got some great clips from Eyes, that's for sure. Grail, oh, you know, man. David Warner's amazing, but he whispers his way through lines a lot. Like, yes, I, had, I, had, I had to up the volume, man. He's just like, if you don't give him clear a, direction, he'll just I whisper. I am a true seeker of yeah. Grail. The numbers <laughs> do add up, Thomas. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> so good. So, uh, initial thoughts, guys, these two episodes? I mean, you know, Chubb, you've only, this is your first time seeing these two episodes it, ever, so I um, start with Grail? you. Yeah. yeah, Grail, I, I could watch 42 minutes of David Warner reading a phone book because he's just <laughs> such a mesmerizing actor. So this was amazing. Um, I loved Grail. Eyes, eh, I mean, I loved it, but it, I, after watching Grail, it was kind of a letdown <laughs> in a way, but it was still good. Yeah, he still had that Shakespearean well, I, actor and the other guy, whatever his name was, that played yeah, Ben, ben and, Hitler. Yeah, he's uh And I, I's, um, I, I sets up some good grudge stuff between Bester and Sinclair too. So, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. I got some good clips of that too. You're right. There's a little thread, even though he wasn't in the episode. You kind of felt his presence, oh. uh, Mister Mister Bester. So, wow, yeah, but his own kind doesn't like it. And you got Jeffrey Combs, man, the animator. The uh, yeah. the re is it the Dude, reanimator? The reanimator. The reanimator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Doctor <laughs> Mordred. I mean, you don't get better in you know B movie actors than Jeffrey Combs. Well, dude. I mean, even when he plays a good guy, he's still creepy. He's still creepy as hell. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Star Trek pinned him. They always played it was Wayun right on Deep Space Nine, and uh, mm-hmm. was he Shran on uh, Enterprise? And yeah, he, he was Shran. He was a good guy in Enterprise. But yeah. still. He was like, he, he just skin. gets off the creepies. He keeps <laughs> pink skin. Yes. I don't know. 
Yeah, Grail was rough for me. I, I didn't. I never liked Grail as like as much. I like the actor. I mean, I've seen him in, in so many other things. Just the story of the Grail thing. It just. It just didn't. It never worked for me. I don't know why. See, to me, the story worked pretty okay, and and David Warner elevated it. But the director. I, was, I looked it up. His name was Richard Compton, and he's been in everything. He's huh. directed everything. You can look at every TV show from here till eternity. He's directed it or been in it or whatever. But long story short, the action stuff was real weak. Like, it was lazy direction. Yeah, You could see was. the stunt double. You could see he didn't even put a second camera. When, when Thomas was, at, you know, uh, the end scene, right, when they're leaving with the casket and everything, mm -hmm. it's just one camera. Mm -hmm. so they couldn't, you couldn't afford a second, you know, shot. You yeah. couldn't do something. It's just, you have one yeah, camera planted just, there. It's, like, really weird. It just was lack of love. It's just lackluster directing. And just, he couldn't handle I, like, the CG I, uh, stuff either. Like that was new to yeah, him. You could tell, like, yeah. okay, this. And then yeah. the alien at the end looked nothing like the CG alien. Like, all right, he got this. The color was different. The tentacles were gray. It was like, what? What happened there? Is that the same thing that he just killed? Like, I didn't. Well, so, some technical problems with Grail, but I love David Warner. I love the story. So I'll just leave it. One right of there. the things. That one of the things that I really, I'm trying to remember the name of the novel, and there's actually there are two books, and I'm. Blanking on the name, it was so long ago I read them, but it was science fiction mythology of the Holy Grail. That it actually started back in, you know, ancient, like, you know, Jurassic times as a meteor that hurled to Earth. And then that meteor, at one point, it just broke off and it was like this cup type thing. And eventually, and then it's just all these sci-fi stories around the cup. And this just reminded me of that and, and you know, how... Well, maybe the Holy Grail isn't on Earth because, you know, whatever this, that, and the other. So I kind of like mm -hmm. what they did there. It was a very compelling story, and it made up for the crappy fight choreography. I mean, I didn't even realize it till I was yeah. texting Craig, and he brought it up. And I was like, I didn't really notice it. The story was good enough. But I went back and just watched a few things after that, and I was like, yeah, that's bad. Like, like it, I didn't notice it because I, I usually just kind of not skip over, but I kind of look over this episode. Um, but now I'm really... Like I said, I've watched it two or three times before recording mm -hmm. this podcast, and it, it really becomes obvious all the errors. Like, whoa, okay, this is something's wrong here. I think I've watched it. Yeah, yeah. I think I've watched it too many times, and I was like, I just cannot watch. You this can't do it again. again. You couldn't take Rail again. Okay, I yeah. just could not do it again. Honored Seeker. This is another one, though, not written by JMS. Oh, of course, of course. Oh yeah, yeah you could tell. You could tell. Yeah. So let's jump into it, J Jim. Do you have any initial thoughts, or just you want to want to jump into it? Let's get into it, man. All right, cool. So this episode was aired on July 6th, 1994. It's episode 15. It was written by Christy Marks, directed by Richard Compton. And we get started right here. Delenn approaches Commander Sinclair, and Garibaldi is eating again, so there, that feeds your theory, Yeah, Daryl, I think, where he's always eating something. And, and even Sinclair makes a comment. He goes, dude, you got to slow down a little bit. He's <laughs> like acting cues from Brad Pitt. <laughs> is that what it is? Have you ever noticed uh, Brad Pitt is always eating in the show's movies he's in? I, I never really paid attention to that. Wow. That's I didn't a, pay attention to him either. Watch it. I or, mean, or like seven. Gum or something. Yeah, it's like an oral thing. Yeah. So, Delenn is surprised that Sinclair is not on, in his, on his way to customs to meet a distinguished visitor who's about to right. arrive. And Sinclair's like, I didn't. Uh, nobody told me anybody's coming. Huh? But <laughs> sure, nobody I'll told get, me. You're right. <laughs> but I'll gladly get changed. So um, right. he goes and changes into his dress uniform. And Garibaldi's like, no, no problem. I'll finish your lunch for you. He goes, you know what? I guess we could do with an honor guard, too. Why don't you get changed as well? So I like that how it gives him <laughs> crap too. It's like, nah, you gonna you gonna, I know you really want to eat, but nah, 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 nah not, not gonna happen. Nah, you don't eat either. We both starve. 
So down below, we see a man named Jinxo is approached by Deuce, which is played by, like you said, uh, I'm sorry, William, William Sanderson. William Sanderson, who played Jeff Sebastian in Blade Runner. Right. He was on uh, New Heart. He was uh, with his brother Daryl and his other name. brother. That's right. He's been, never, a, he's been in a ton never, of movies. He's been in everything. And I, I wanted, I didn't notice to watch it again, but um, I'm pretty sure the reason they call it Down Below, there's a series of books by uh, Catherine Cherry, C.J. Cherry, called Down Below Station. Oh, really? Oh, they're right. Like, That's they're true, like yep. crime novels set in a space mm-hmm. station. Mm-hmm. And the down below part is where the crime. Oh, oh. I'm pretty sure that's. I, I know, and I know her. Two years ago, too. I also, I also know her and Harlan Ellison are friends, so that's probably you know, definitely yeah, a I shout think, out to I those. I think books. I remember something where he said something about that years ago. I think. Yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah, nice. those are great, great novels. Nice connection, Jim. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I never knew that before. Wow. I totally forgot about that. So uh, Deuce approaches Jinxo. Someone who whom he owns a great deal of money, so he's like a gangster. He's a he's an extortion right. artist. He's he obviously he loan, loan like shark. It. You know he he plays that role pretty well actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's job on a budget. <laughs> well, I, I do like the the fact they have William Sanderson playing this guy, and William Sanderson is like not physically imposing. You know, what I mean, he's not really no. he's not like a, th- a threatening you know, big dude or whatever. But in his own little creepy way, he's like kind of very intimidating as well, you know. It's space, it's space scum. Well. Yeah, it's kind of it was it was kind of like a reverse casting. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. So he tries to intimidate Deuce by showing him what will happen to him uh, if he doesn't pay up in 300 cycles. And uh, well, actually, he tries to get Deuce to tell him, uh, tries to get Jinxo to tell him like secret ways he can move stuff through the station because Jinxo helped build the station. But either way, mm-hmm. he's not going to be able to pay up. So he says, "Okay." He shows this woman Miriam Running Deer. Yeah, who's bound okay. up. I'm sorry. What'd you say? I, I actually. What'd you say? No, I'm saying um, are cycles hours. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, cycles are, I believe, rotations of the station. Okay. That's, but we never hear about that again. Like, it, they usually go by Earth standard time. But for this re- this episode, for some reason, there was an inconsistency, and they went to cycles. I never heard of that before. Probably, we probably because of a different director, probably, because that or didn't catch it. Right. Maybe that's how they say it in the down below. Oh, maybe. Interesting. That so may be it, too. They don't go by but Earth, Earth standard time. But then time. in other episodes, I don't remember them using cycles either. When Because they do this constantly. Like They have uh, down below uh, episodes every season. So they don't. I don't remember them ever saying cycles again, but I could be wrong. We'll right. find I, out. I don't remember it ever again. I, I could be wrong, too. They may bring it back. But they also made another error in this episode where um, Lanier says there's only two casts of Minbari. Mm-hmm. And there's yep, only three. Wrong. So it's they they made a couple of technical errors. Writing was errors. that error or was he withholding information? Uh, I think it was an error because ah, the the word. Damn you, Billy Moomy! <laughs> he blew it. Right? <laughs> he blew it. All Danger right, so, for getting your lines, Will Robinson. Let's play the first clip of Deuce messing with Jinxo. Do you get the message, Jinxo? Good. Now. I'm giving you 300 cycles to either get me the credits you owe or the information I need. 300 cycles, Jinxo. That's all I can afford. Because by then, you'll be hungry again. (laughs) Won't you, Ambassador Koch? Ooh. And we go to commercial. Now, him calling him Ambassador Koch... 
is like, that was an intentional misdirect here in the opening of the show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because it's totally not him. No, right. I didn't know that though, and I thought at the end I was going to get to finally see what a Vorlon looks like, and then I was like, wait a second, he just came out of that suit, but he's not in the the atmosphere that's safe for him, and he's fine, but as fine as a gray floating octopus brain sucking creature could be, anyway. <laughs> so you know, and then I was like. Don't t- and then when it turned out to not be Kosh, I was like, ah, damn it, I still don't know what a Vorlon looks like. Yeah, that's a mystery. Yeah, they we- did that on purpose. Yeah, right. They did that on purpose. Yeah, he's trying to get some cred by thinking the Vorlons are, you know, representing Because right, nobody knows. Him. Hey, it was nobody a good knows. move on his part. Yeah. Sleep yeah. smart. Me, but a good, good move. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, and it's getting back to Kosh's disguise for a second. We don't really know if it is a suit that he has to wear to breathe. You know, it could just be a camouflage, so we don't know what he looks like. Right. You know, it could be. Right. So we don't really know what Kosh looks like. And that's. Because uh, no one. It, it's the whole we, thing. Go ahead. Well, we got to remember is nothing. No one is who they seem to be, right? True. That's right. a constant uh, uh, reminder that we get throughout the, uh, the seasons. Exactly. But it may- back to a few episodes ago when I think it was Sinclair that that pointed out that when Kosh first came on the station, he was, someone touched a, a hand or something, his skin. Right. And then he's like, wait a minute. They couldn't have done that because he wasn't in the safe atmosphere. And who knows if he even has a hand. Like That's what Ivanova was saying. Right. Like, you know, you guys, right. So, yeah. I think that hmm. was just lazy writing for the for the for the opening. They were, yeah. trying, to, they were trying to retcon a lazy writing for the pilot. I think is what it was. Exactly, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Well, anyway, we know this isn't Kosh. So, and, and and actually, another technical problem with this episode, if you really want to get into it, that last scene with Sinclair and and Kosh, they that was re shot from like three episodes ago. Remember that scene where he was looking at the viewer, that view screen. Mm-hmm. That's all that was. Like they didn't right. shoot a new scene between Sinclair and, and, and Kosh. They just replayed the old one. You can't I see wonder, somewhere when you're hiring David Warner. Uh, well, I wonder <laughs> if I wonder if this was one of those things where they, you know, you you take a little money from one episode you don't feel is important to right. use it for another episode that you think you you might need really. I wonder Later if they, just, they, the they edited it and they just realized they needed a scene between Sinclair and Kosh just to wrap up the whole Kosh thing. You know, that's what it seems like. It could like. be. I only I only say that, that because I, I've like listening to commentaries of other shows, the constant that is all that I, I usually hear is that, oh, we should we, we pretty much stole some of the money from one episode <laughs> to true, save that's money true. from that's another true. episode. I mean it, you know, so, so that could be the case. So the scene was written, but they just didn't have money to shoot it, is what you're saying. Okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's and interesting. It, and it's not important because they need because it, like if if they when they work out how you know how the season's gonna run, if they really feel that is that an episode is really important to what's gonna, you know, be an important part of the show, they wanna put as much money. Sometimes they wanna put a little extra because they're not gonna get that from the studio. Right. And they'll put a little extra in it, like uh, for example, um, when they did the uh, Battlestar Galactica. Well, Signs Important. There was a big space battle in that one. That cost a lot. Right, right. right. Was, yeah. they, it cost so much money that they said for the second episode, they were like, we gave them no money for that budget. <laughs> like, that budget. They well, that's why they money. kept reusing the same dogfight footage right. over and over in the show as the years went by on that and, show. It's and the and same they kept them, footage. They kept them yeah. on a planet, and they kept them in the, in the, on a planet for like two episodes straight to mm-hmm. save the money. For because they knew that they needed that, they spent everything on the on the ship going into the atmosphere, 
and that's why they needed to save money. Oh, you're talking about the new Battlestar? Yeah, the new Battlestar. I'm sorry, I was talking about the old Battlestar. No, no, I was talking about the new one. Well, they both still had that. It's it's still a constant. Yeah, it's still a constant. They still haven't changed. True. Well, the thing that gets me is that like um, this show was already on a shoestring to begin with. Yeah. Because it was like it was syndicated, and it wasn't you know network, it wasn't you know HBO or whatever. Right. So I mean, I, I you know cutting corners, I, you know, is no surprise to me at all. That brings up a question for me. So back in July of 1994, what was the buzz around the show? I mean, were they on a bubble of any type, or you know, considering it being you know such low budget and everything like that? Was most it people just didn't know about it? Like it, it was just that show that no, that not too many people knew about. And it looked um, different. I remember watching it. So and it, just, it looked different. Yeah, yeah. It had a different look to it. Like, who are these guys in these weird uniforms and this this weird looking like graphics? Like it, it just. It stood out. I remember as just it didn't look like the normal. Even Star Trek looked more normal compared to this. You know, right. This looked... right. And I, I think what helped him in his favor is that he told them it's for it's four seasons. They knew even though five. they got five, five, but they no, knew. No, no, it was supposed to be five. He, it was supposed to be five. It was supposed to be five. I yeah, he, he got canceled. He thought it wouldn't make it. No, no, he no. Didn't think it would make it. The five, show right? got canceled at the end of season four. He was told right, to wrap right, it up, right, right. and then TNT right. stepped in and says, "Listen." JMS, we love you. We're going to give yeah, you your season yeah. five. So TNT then bought season five. But it was a fight. It was oh, yeah. a fight with them to keep it on the air. So the final episode of the series, which you're going to need a box of Kleenex for, big time. Oh, all my of God. You, you all will. of you. Yes, you will. Sleeping yes, in light. Will. That was shot in season four at the end. Yeah. But they pushed, they withheld airing it until the end of season five. So, which TNT then, and then we had the, you know, everything changed and, you know, all that stuff. But that's mm-hmm, what happened. Mm-hmm. So, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. And then, T- and then TNT also commissioned the movies. We didn't have any movies. No. Until TNT. No. So then all these movies started coming out, right? In the beginning, uh, Third right. Space, uh, what was the other one? The um, uh, Call to Arms. All those were TNT because they wanted to really boost their Babylon 5 pr- franchise. Mm-hmm. So, do I wait till season five has ended to watch any of the movies or take place with i think we should decide on a when we get to the end of each season i think we should decide yeah we'll do we should do that we could be really pure that's a good point we could be like purists and say well the movies didn't really come out until but some of them do call back to the past but some of them call right back to it yeah um i'm in favor of waiting I, i said that from the beginning the movies don't really impact the five year arc too much and they're pretty I'm cool. Wait, so. Yeah, I think I'm okay waiting with the movies. If you there's guys are. one movie that really does is a strong callback. Well, like in the that, beginning, that one. Yes, I think that well, one is like. Why don't we one. leave it, leave it to our Facebook group? Put a poll right. out. That's not a bad idea. We can make it democratic. Right. Yeah, I like that. let's do that. I like that. that. So, getting back to our episode here, Aldous Gaich, mm-hmm. Mr. Warner himself, disembarks from his ship, and he's, he's, he's delighted to see Delenn. Didn't expect, you know, the, someone of her stature to be greeting uh, him at the dock, and also he's, you know, right. Commander Sinclair is there in his full-dress uniform, and, and Delenn is revering this man, saying, oh, honored seeker, yeah. we're so welcome. To, and, he, and Sinclair's like, so, just out of my curiosity, what are you seeking? And he's like, uh, the... <laughs> What did he say? The cup of the goddess or something? What, what did he say? He said, um, um, the cup of the it's goddess. It's called the cup yeah. of the goddess, the, 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 um, the promise of, of uh, regeneration and, etern- yeah. and uh, eternal life for our uh, race. Right. Also uh, known More as, commonly known right. as the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail. Yeah. And I wonder. What's, what is your, na- your name? What is your name? 
What is your quest? Indiana Jones. Yeah. And, what and without spoiling, no, without, without spoiling, I wonder though if he was if this character is a template for a character that they use in the future. Um, you, you well, hold on a second. Because hold on. they have such similarities in terms of how um, they are. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you, you think so? Uh, yeah, but, I um, do. And uh, but I'm gonna tell you what. No, I'm, I'm going to turn my headphones off no, 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 and no. take... No, you don't have to do that. Well, no, no, no. Okay. I'm not yeah, saying anything. We're going to keep going. I hear no, you, okay, I and I think it connects a little bit, but I hear you. But I, we're going to go on. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, so Sinclair is not impressed. He's like, what? All right. He's like, he kind of... Yeah, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting a Mimbari to disembark. Because yeah, that's what he was expecting. Yeah. That's, that's why he... I think that's why he had that reaction. Like, Well, it better than a Mimbari, though. It was David... Freaking Warner. Well, they never. <laughs> well, well, they, he's never seen them treat a, a human with just high regard before. Ever. 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 No, ever. Right. So that's a surprise. Like that. that well, they did handpick that, him for the station. Yeah, but, yeah, but they didn't treat him like royalty. <laughs> <laughs> They're using you. They're using you. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't treat him nice. They didn't treat him nice. He's a tie. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so on, on the way leaving the docking bay, Aldous asks if he can exchange some credits, and Mr. Garibaldi says, "Sure, Mr. Garibaldi would help you to show you, love to show you where to show you to exchange some credits." And at, while he's doing his money transaction, Jinxo robs Aldous and picks his pocket. Yeah, it's not like he was in the middle of lunch or anything. Yeah, oh wait, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, w- witnessing this, Garibaldi's like, all right, look, you got to come down to the station and file a report. This is a big problem. And he's like, I'd rather not. And he goes, no, you're going to have to. Jinxo's been caught red-handed, and we need your testimony, and yeah. you're coming with us. At the same time, Franklin has Miriam Running Deer, who is the first brainwipe victim, um, in med lab, and they're trying to figure out what happened to her. And they still don't really know. Her, her mind has been... You know, reduced to a rutabaga, according to Mr. Garibaldi. <laughs> he is Garibaldi's hot to really clean up down below. He's like, just get, get me uh, in there, Jeff. Let me in there. Let me tear him up. Let me. Uh, and, let me and, do what I need to do. Right. And 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 what does Sinclair say? He goes, look, what do you want me to do? He goes, are you going to space all of them? You're going to put them in the airlock? I mean, they're just people that ran out of money. You know, they, they 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 came to the station looking for a better life. They ran out of money. They're living down there. I mean, it's like, you know, you can't arrest all of them. <laughs> he goes, watch me. But he doesn't like Deuce's gang. Deuce, Deuce's gang is definitely becoming a problem down there, it seems. They're not bringing their best people, Craig. I mean, some of them are thieves and murderers. Well, I mean, I'm sure they're, all, they're, they're coming from Earth, so yeah. who knows? We don't know what nation don't, state they're coming don't, from. Don't, don't. That's it. So in don't the even go there. In the courtroom, Ombuds Wellington, uh, now we see a little bit of the, how the jurisprudence is here now, right? Uh, we have these judges called Ombuds. And they obviously, this is like frontier justice, right? So the judge is making his rulings out here on Babylon 5. So that kind of makes sense. I got to say, I love the trial when they first showed him. It's like, his great grandfather abducted my great grandfather (laughs) on a spaceship, and I want reparations. And then he's like, how do you plead? And he he shows him like a picture of a space flower. It's like a pictogram or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the Vri, the species is, is called the Vri, and yeah. they're they're our classic gray like uh, Roswell aliens. So that you know, they're it's kind yeah. of funny. 
<laughs> I was dying. I had to pause it because I was like, oh, that's too great. And the, 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 he's the like, actor, the other ombuds yeah. never get that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I, I get all the good cases. And th that guy was complaining with the guy with the mustache. He's one of the producers, John Flynn, I believe it is. So he got a little cameo in, in his show just talking about how his grandfather was abducted. <laughs> But the ombuds also um, sees over Jinxo's case, and it's pretty clear that he's been found guilty before of many crimes. And he's like, look, you are like a major construction guy. You just, you've just you been stuck here. I'm gonna, we're going to pay for you to get off the station. You are banned from Babylon 5 for five years. And Jinxo starts freaking out. Like, no, you can't do this. Aldous then steps up and says, listen, I will take custody of him. He's the one that robbed me anyway. Let me, let me take custody of him. And somehow he convinced the, the judge to allow him out on his own recognizance. And this is where Aldous asks Jinxo, what's the deal? What's this Babylon curse? And I think that brings us to our next clip. We'll deal with that when the time comes. Tell me, how did you get this Babylon curse? curse. Did you get it? Did you ever wonder what really happened to the first four Babylon stations? I did. I don't have the curse. I am the curse. Did somebody call security? Security coming? Yeah, they're coming. I'm sorry. Red alert. Red <laughs> alert. I was too young to fight in the Mimbari War, so when I got the chance to work space construction, I jumped for it. The day I went to work on the Babylon station, we didn't number, but first, you know, I thought that was the best day of my life. I worked a few months, had some leave, so I took it. And the station's infrastructure collapsed. It was sabotage. They never found out who. I remember. So I went to work on the second one. The firm still owned by contract until the station was finished. I took leave a second time, and that station was sabotaged. And then when B3 blew up, well, that's when I got the name Jinxo. When I went to work on B4, I didn't take any leave. I was there every minute until we finished it. I thought the curse was gone. But as I was leaving on the shuttle, I looked back, and the station just sort of wrinkled. Twisted like putty and Ooh. just disappeared. Gone. The minute I left. So when they decided to build V5, I had to work on it. And I have to stay. I have to. I'd say that you have the wrong nickname. They should have called you Lucky. How do you figure? To have escaped the worst each time, that's a blessing. You're a very lucky man. Perhaps each time you were exactly where you were meant to be. I never thought of it like that. We never do. You want to read the phone call book, him, huh? Call him 10 yards, <laughs> foreshadowing. We're going to start on second down. <laughs> now, that was some so good. I threw a flag on that scene. Uh -huh. We've heard a little bit about the, the previous Babylons before, but now he gave right. more color to it now and, and right. you know what happened to the previous stations. and um, Yeah, so Babylon 4. Like Babylon 4 went through a wormhole of some type. It just wrinkled. I don't know. It just kind of wrinkled. We'll have to see what happens. But uh, like a wrinkle in time. It wasn't. It wasn't permanent press. It got all rumpled like Columbo's coat. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh, also down below, Deuce meets with Kosh, who craves more food. But now, did that let you know that it wasn't Kosh when the voice was different? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Totally. All right. I don't think I caught the voice. Oh, you didn't I, catch that? Okay, because it's like more food, better brains. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I they guess made it sound childlike. They, they did a. They, they did it on purpose. More. I think. It sound like a kid. Better food, older yeah. brains. Yeah. Sound like freaking. Wrinklier. Yeah. 
kind of <laughs> reminds me of what the Daleks look like in without their armor. Oh, the Daleks. <laughs> oh, that's armor. I just thought they yeah. looked naturally like roll-on deodorant. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so, so they finally realize that they're dealing with a Nakaline feeder, but they don't have any information on it. Um, and right. So what they do is they know that it's in the Centauri-controlled space. Sinclair confronts Londo. Stinking! Seventeen! <laughs> He's gambling. I love it. I love it. Stinking! <laughs> so we've had pa, and we had fa, and now this is da! <laughs> I love you. You're doing your feet. Ambassador. Sinclair, my good friend. What can I do for you? A drink, perhaps? A, a drink, perhaps. A fleet of drinks. I'm looking for some information on a life form in Centauri jurisdiction. A Nakaline feeder. Ah! Ah! Idiots. We came across them in our colonizing days. We lost an entire colony before we threw up a quarantine. The only good Nakalin is a dead Nakalin. <laughs> this is, of course, a purely theoretical question. A whim of yours that, that you might ask, yes? Well, not really. Not. There couldn't be. Here? <laughs> so good. I'll have the transfer the files to you immediately. If you want me, I'll be in my quarters under top security. <laughs> I strongly suggest you do the same. And he ran away. The guy actually—I yeah. never seen Lando yeah, where out. he actually ran I'm away. Out. He ran well, he knows I'm what out. he knows what they're dealing with, man. He's like, oh, <laughs> peace out, man. <laughs> Have fun deal. Let me know when you're done dealing with that. I'm out. He don't like any type of insects, bugs. Oh, that's right. He don't like any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he doesn't his, like it. With his sword. Right? So has he ever ran across the praying mantis creature thing on the station? Oh, you mean um, oh that the the, the 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 gang leader? Yeah. I don't know. We we don't see much of him. No, we don't see much of him anymore. Yeah, N N N Negrath, What was it? Negrath was his name, right? Yeah, we don't see too much of him anymore. Hmm. So, uh, <laughs> I just I love the little Londo clips. I think that's just priceless. Um, Thomas and Gaijik are kind of learning. They're they're getting to know each other, and you see that Aldous is going to meet with all the ambassadors, and he meets with the, you know, the, the Minbari first, of course. Um, he goes to um, other ambassadors as well, and you know Thomas really wants to know why he got started on this journey, and this is just some mm. of the best. David Warner exposition you can get, Absolutely. but he he whispers his way through it. So if it's a little low, I apologize. I tried to adjust the volume, but uh, here we go. I kept the accounts for one of the major Earth corporations. I lived in a world of numbers, clean, smooth, logical, precise. How many lights? We took a vacation to visit the <laughs> Mars colony, the first time I'd ever been. We were in a crawler. Halfway across the Amazonas Planitia, when suddenly the ground gave way beneath us. I woke up in hospital with a few bumps and bruises, but Sarah and the children, gone. I'm sorry. I grieved for a long time. A very long time. But eventually I went back to work, but 
The numbers didn't add up anymore. Nothing made sense anymore. So finally, one day, I just left, believing that there had to be something, some reason why I had been spared. And then I met a man. He said he was the last of his kind. <laughs> and he told me that I was a man of infinite promise and goodness. And when it was dying, he gave me this staff. And now I'm the last. But the numbers add up again, Thomas. <laughs> the numbers do add up. <laughs> you you want to read the phone book, huh, Chubb? Just, just start with A and keep going, right? Just... And he's <laughs> such a great Voice. I mean, I mean, he's no Jim Deeds, but he's close. Well, he's he's he's, he's he's even in an episode of Mystery Science Theater, and he's even good in that, playing three different roles. He's uh, quest the yeah. quest of the Delta Knights. Really? Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah. He plays like a wizard. And he plays like an evil, <laughs> evil knight. He plays like three different roles in the movie. And he no, plays Archimedes. I, I say, man, lights. <laughs> Oh, that's a great episode. Now, this this was one shot. Like there was no edits in that whole speech. No. Do, you think, do you think that was the first take? I'll, I'll bet a hundred dollars that was the first and only take. I'll, I, we got, I, it. Not, yep. got it. Print I, done. I, I, bet, he did it. <laughs> right? I bet you he did. Yeah, I bet you he knocked it out. Like, why would you take take. a second take? Why would you even bother? Nah. Right, we, we got this. Nah. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Audio's good. We got it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I just remembered he played the uh, evil in uh, Time Bandits too. Oh, so oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He's from Tron. I remember him from Tron too. Oh, Tron. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was the big bad guy, and uh, of course he was in a lot of Star Trek stuff. I mean, he played the, oh. the Klingon Chancellor in Star Trek Six. Yes, he did. And he played a human in Star Trek Five. So he was in two yes, Star Trek he movies. Did. Yeah, Sinclair's. Actually, yes, I think his name was was it Sinjin or something or Sinclair or something like that. Uh, Sinjin damn. something. That was his name. Yeah, something. Yeah. 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 All right. So, um, right. Uh, yeah, you cannot appreciate Shakespeare until you read it in its original Klingon. <laughs> There's I, I and as, since we're going down this rabbit hole, I just watched a, a YouTube video not too long ago where this guy who is a linguist and a coach for for accents or whatever talked about made up languages. Uh, and he said that there was a like an edition of Hamlet done entirely in Klingon. Are you serious? Oh my god! Yeah, uh, somebody <laughs> has translated the entire Holy Bible into Klingon. I mean, wow. Yeah. So uh, obviously the plot unfolds. Uh, Jinxo is approached by Deuce's men. They want their their money. Gaiach says this man is under my protection, and he gets all gets all Morgan on him with it with the staff. Right? Gets that little yeah. The little yes, one-two shot with his staff. I like that. His, little, his skills come out. Um, but Jinxo is able to continue on, but not for long. The, finally, um, they do catch up with Aldous and Jinxo, and they, they get the better of Aldous. They use a shock stick on him and kind of stun him. And uh, Aldous escapes. I'm sorry. Jinxo escapes and warns Sinclair that they know... You know, he know he he knows where Aldous is. He knows what the Vorlon's doing. He's all right. So Sinclair's like, all right, let's go. And they kind of you know have security follow them and and bust up the whole thing with the Nakaline feeder. And at this point, the Ombudsman has also been kidnapped too. 
So uh, the, he's the one that's going to be used for the next older brain that the Nakalini Theater where it wants. I just want to say real quick, the ombudsman yeah. is played, played by, I know I do this all the time, no, but this good. actor, uh, Jim Norton, who played the ombudsman, I mean, the dude was in the original Straw Dogs with Dustin Hoffman, okay? He was in the Harry Potter movies as Mr. Mason of Mice and Men. Um, I mean, he's been, and he played Einstein in, uh, he was the holodeck Einstein in Star Trek Next Generation. See, the makeup was so good, I couldn't tell that. I didn't even know that. He's been in, like, a ton of movies going back to the 70s. I mean, he's a, he's a big-time character actor. Yeah, so um, as we get to the end, I think it brings up our next uh, clip right here. It's too late. Don't say that. You're going to be fine. No. My search is over. I failed. No <laughs> one left. Take one. <laughs> no one. <laughs> yes, there is. I'll do it. I'll find the grail. Yeah, I got the emotional music. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah, I, yeah, I got this. I got this. Find it, Aldous. <laughs> I swear, I'll find it. Clamp. Sinclair. Sinclair. Please witness. I name Thomas. Heir and successor. Everything I have. I witnessed this last testament. Yeah. Huh. I see it, Thomas. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> So real emotional just, stuff there, yeah. Well, it's almost—it's just terrible when somebody gets mortally wounded in the shoulder like that. See, that was the problem. It was shot so wrong. If you look the yeah. way he was, it looks like he was acting like he got shot in the heart. Right. Yeah. And, that. I mean that. I because I remember <laughs> the time I watched that scene. I'm like, oh, he's going to be fine. And he got hit in the shoulder, and then so they had this death scene, and I'm like, wow, they, mortal in the shoulder this director gave him the cg guys nothing to work with like nothing like no, the angle of the no. shot only allowed him to be shot from the shoulder pretty much like that was it it, right. was, it was just terrible i mean the one thing that i did like about it was the whole story of this grail pretty much is the journey the, the grail giving you so, a purpose right right and you really don't get the grail till you die right. like every time someone passes you get the you you reach that uh that that whole grail thing um it's still a great. I mean, that part of it. It's still a. Well, yeah, a, it's like. A, well, great, it's still a story that means something. I mean, it's still a story that means something. I mean, that never gets old, right? That's, well, Delenn at the beginning even tells Sinclair, you know, this is a, you know, he's a seeker in my culture. Whether he finds what he's looking for or not, he's still revered. You know, he's still trying yeah, to find perfection yeah. of his soul and for his race, and you know. So it yeah, doesn't matter if he finds it or not. You know, Delenn already laid all that out for us. Well, I think that's the greatest thing about. Uh, the great stories of science fiction also is that right these kind of tales it's still break when you break it down it's still that human you know the human condition with with uh it, it's the journey of exploration it's not always what you find but it's it's the purpose in your journey and that's the whole thing 
I mean, it, it's corny as hell, but D five does it very. They still do it a good job. It's not only science fiction; it's like a, it's like a Joseph Campbell hero's journey cycle yeah, going back yeah, to yeah, to totally myths and probably. legends that we've told right. each other for thousands of years. You know, it's yeah. not about the destination; it's about the person changing on it the journey. Never gets old. It yeah. never gets old. It's, that's class, human, it's the most classic the story there condition. is. Right. Right. So as Jinxo goes to the gate, uh, <laughs> we see if there's going to be a boom. Of course not. You? No. So, how long until he hits jump? Oh, right about now. No boom? No boom. No boom today. Boom tomorrow. There's always a boom tomorrow. <laughs> I love Ivanova with that. What? what? Look, somebody's got to have some damn perspective around here. <laughs> boom. Sooner or later. She ain't boom. wrong. Boom. She ain't wrong. Where, where's, where's the lie, you know? <laughs> Season one, baby. It would have been Season cute, one. though. If, it would have been cute if there was some kind of explosion and it to be continued, and then it goes into the next episode. <laughs> There'll be plenty of booms to come, though. Let's just put it that oh, way. Oh, there's a whole bunch of boom, <laughs> boom that don't stop. You guys ready for some trivia? Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. Now, so, someone has to. I want to. I want to do better with the points because when I'm reading the questions, it's hard for me to keep track of the points. Who can keep score? Can somebody just volunteer so. to keep score? Who's, who's the numbers man? Keep ten track points of each. Yeah, ten points each. Someone keep track of it. Keep track of how many you got, and then we have it. Jim counts how many he has. I count how many I have. All right, if you want to do that, that's fine. Okay. I mean, okay. I mean right. it's not like we're playing for money or anything. So. We're not? Oh. We're playing for paper. Bogus. We're, paying, Bogus. we're playing for bragging rights, okay? Playing for uh. pink slips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, this is an easy one. Uh, question one. Who interrupts Sinclair and Garibaldi's meal at the beginning of the episode? Oh, uh, Glenn. Jim. Jim got that one first. Yeah. Yeah. Ten points for Jim. Uh, second, what is the name of the new crime boss in Down Below? Deuce. 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 Who said that first? I think it was you, Daryl. Give, give it to Chubb. Oh, no, that was Chubb. Oh, Chubb. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Chubb. Got it, man. And his brother, Daryl, and his other brother, Daryl. <laughs> Mr. Flynn, a human, is suing a member of what alien race during a court hearing on Babylon 5? The Gray Aliens. Also known as the... I don't remember. Drazi? The Vree. Von, Von L. The Vree. And this is this is the one that, um, if you remember, uh, Jakar was complaining about the seating arrangements when the president was coming. You've got us next to the Vree. He was like, right. crying about it, right? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what item has Aldous Gaiach come to Babylon 5 to look for? That's... Holy Grail. All right, Holy Grail. The cup of the goddess. Cup. <laughs> 20 points for Jim, 10 for Chubb. <laughs> the, goddess. the goddess. He says goddess, right? It's not goddess, yeah. it's goddess. Yeah. The goddess. <laughs> what is Jigsaw's real name? Thomas. Jim, you're on it. Wow. Somebody watched it. <laughs> what type of creature is causing the brain wipe victims in Down Below? A feeder. A feeder. Knock a lean feeder. You got it. Ten points. Who specifically is the brain-wiping creature masquerading as? Gosh. Ten points. Good job, Chuck. Oh. Finish oh. the quote. Uh, when the word gets out about Miriam, I've got about as much chance of doing that as seeing a Vorlon do a... Crossword puzzle. Oh. No. I don't know. <laughs> Striptease. <laughs> no points on that one. Uh, let's see here. 
Who is this conversation between? Person one, are you sure it's dead? Person two, I'm positive. It's dead as a rock. I saw it with my own eyes. Person one, how do you know it's not just resting? Feeders are sneaky, you know. Londo and Garibaldi. Excellent, Jim. Londo and Garibaldi. Good one. Um, I can't do this one because we just heard it. Who said the boom thing? That was Ivanova, and that's it. So that's that was it. my favorite line of the whole episode. What, the boom? Yeah, it was that. Uh, no boom today. Boom tomorrow. <laughs> Good job, guys. Any final thoughts on Grail? You want to move on to the next one? Uh, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. Eyes. Here we go. Uh, season 1, episode 16, first aired July 13th, 1994, written by Lawrence G. Dottilio, directed by Jim Johnston. Uh, Lanier, oh, don't mind that, the commercial play in there. Lanier stops by to discuss a matter of security uh, with Michael Garibaldi in the Chief's quarters. Uh, actually, he, <laughs> he came by to say that Shaw Mayan is coming back to the station, and you better... Give her some bodyguards this time. We That's want, right. We don't That's want her attacked right. and branded and stabbed like she was last time, right? Yeah. Uh, Michael shows him all the pieces of an Earth motorcycle, and, and, and Lanier is, is just impressed. He doesn't know what this is. He goes, what, what is this machine? And he tries to explain it to him, and he finally gets it. And Lanier is intrigued and offers to help him with his manual, which is in Japanese, to help it's him get it. It's a 1992 thing. Kawasaki Ninja. ZX-11. <laughs> That's right, baby. Actually, it's a pretty, it's a pretty big, hefty bike. That's a, that's a monster yeah. at the time. Oh yeah. I mean, if that, anything over a thousand back then. It's, you know, I was going to say that's a thousand or twelve hundred, isn't it? One yeah, it's a pretty, pretty big, uh, pretty big monster for the time. You know, from the earlier monster crotch rockets uh, that you got now. So Lanier, yeah, used one from nineteen ninety two. They couldn't get a brand new off the showroom floor in ninety four. Ninety four, right? So they had to get ninety two. <laughs> they weren't big time enough. Kawasaki didn't want to give them. No. One, right? Yeah. No. So uh, anyway, it's funny how he got all the parts. Like they can't import a steak, but <laughs> he can import all these weird motorcycle parts. Yeah, in parts, uh, not in, together. In parts, not, <laughs> not together. together. And he could transport it from his different positions in the Earth Force, right? Okay, got it. And he bought it off of one guy. Yeah. One guy. It's like Lando, the Lando of this universe, right? He went yeah, on a card a, game or something. Off yeah. a space Craigslist. Yep. <laughs> No, but he That's won the it. manual in a card game or something. He said, right? Didn't he say uh, that? The, the, the something like that. The repair yeah. manual. Yeah, it was in Japanese though. He didn't know how to you know read it. Oh, it's funny. Uh, in another part of the station, two men review the personnel files files of the senior staff, focusing on Susan Ivanova. One man, Mister Gray, aka Mister Combs, the reanimator, says that mm -hmm. she will be a problem and wants to avoid dealing with her. The other insists that she must be dealt with. Sinclair. Yeah, the one what he says her, her record is so spotless, we we don't have to deal with her. That's like, what Harry, that, that's what that's what Jeffrey Combs was saying. He's like, yeah, she, she's cool. A, yeah, because he's cool. Yeah, she's, she's cool. Yeah, he had creepy eyes even then. He had creepy eyes for a night. <laughs> Sinclair goes over a report of a recent terrorist bombing on Phobos, possibly by Free Mars, with Garibaldi and Ivanova. Earth Central is concerned that Free Mars and other terrorist organizations may be hoping to acquire weapons through Babylon 5. And they say, look, we can't really interfere with, with the free trade that happens here, but we can at least alert Earth Force if something's going down. Right. Officer Lou Welch is enjoying his lunch at the bar. Uh, he's probed about the station and about the commander by, again, uh, this man who identifies himself as Aaron Franks. Uh, Welch just brushes him off, but again, he feels like something's wrong here, and he links into Garibaldi to uh, alert him to what's been going on. 
In his quarters, Lanier studies the history of the motorcycle, preparing to assist in reassembling the one Garibaldi has. Uh, meanwhile, Garibaldi decides to track down this Franks. Uh, he alerts Sinclair that Franks has been aboard the station for three days. You, you glossed over the part where he, uh, he finds sexual out that motorcycles are uh, yes. symbolize sexual prowess and rebellion. Yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's not in here. I apologize. Yeah. Sexual. He watched like a do? documentary on motorcycles. Yeah, linear. You're right. Yeah. yeah. By yeah, himself. It was fu- yeah. It was funny that he. Cause it, it, it was funny that that's what he open his eyes to but they never really do a callback to it like why he got yeah. that intrigued about sexual prowess like well hold on a second they they do mm. in a way because he is positioned as a sheltered religious monk if you will right. like well yeah they don't have sex they never they don't get right they don't well, touch they don't do anything. so he's right. lived his life as a living the, the religious monk life right. and now he's on b5 and yeah he's you know right. we're learning about motorcycles and sexual prowess yeah um. Anyway, that hilarious, so. no, that was a good call. Out. I, I agree. I'm like, just reading. The, I remember yeah. in the '90s, those were not really. Uh, um, never mind. Never mind. Right. I don't want to just on anybody's bike. No, I'm, just, the I'm ninja? saying that they, they were they were very much like the uh, the fraternity boy bike. Well, the know, ninja in the yeah. '90s. It, it had some respect. I mean, it wasn't like. There are better bikes it was out more there. The pretty boy, wouldn't it? Yeah, the pretty boy bike. Than exactly. It, uh, That's I what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, because I remember I remember I was in college and like the rich the rich kids had Kawasaki ninjas, you know. Yeah, the rich kids had that bike. Like, it was like <laughs> exactly, that was a rich, rich kids, kids bike. Yeah, but then versus it, a real bike like Harley Davidson or. But that's, a, but that's not a crotch rocket though. It's a different type of bike. I mean, that's no, more, that's no. more of a cruiser. Oh, it's too big to be a real crotch rocket. But <laughs> right, I'm just, right. I'm just saying. I mean, it's it's more of what you know the, the Japanese style of bikes that started coming over, and the, you know the super bike well, style. It was that more was... of a bro. It was more like... of a bro bike. It was more it's of a bro like bike. Bro, what it is? Bro, hey, bro. Yeah, it was a bro bike. Yeah. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. I, got, bro. I got the one eighty, bro. How far? How fast are you yeah, going? Bro. Yeah. yeah, bro. Like if this shared universe with Supergirl, Monel would drive one of those. Yeah. You <laughs> yes, putting would. on putting on his Zubas and his uh, oversized uh, uh, <laughs> sport right. jacket and. Driving on over and, in his ninja. And his, his extra ninja. tight pants. You're actually right. Yeah, he would. <laughs> so Garibaldi's had enough. He he finally stops by the quarters of of, Her- of Gray and Franks. And uh, yeah. Franks is not there, but he decides to talk to Gray. And uh, Gray arrives uh, a few minutes later, introduces himself. Uh, I'm sorry, Franks arrives a few seconds later, introduces us as Colonel Ari Benzane, a member of Earth Force Internal Security. And Garibaldi's like, you work for eyes? And he explains that Gray... There's a telepath from the Psychor. The two of them are here to conduct an internal investigation into Babylon 5's command staff. So um, you're with Internal Affairs. Well, that's why he says <laughs> yes. No, no, I'm just saying yeah. it's like such a cop cliche. You know? <laughs> that's what it meant, right? It yeah, exactly. Mean, yeah. Pretty much mean Internal Affairs. Yeah. So later, the Colonel um, and Gray meet with Sinclair in his office. Sinclair vouches for the loyalty of his people, but the Colonel says, "Look, you know, there's new orders coming down." There's been a lot of problems on these off-world installations. We need loyalty checks. We're going to use this telepath. We're going to investigate all of you to make sure you're all loyal to Earth. And of course, I Sinclair, for all my people. He's got a problem with this, right? Exactly. And yeah. uh, he definitely gruffs his way through it. Well, I mean, it's twofold here. There's like, first of all, Sinclair isn't well liked by the Earth government. No, you know, and s- second of all, yeah. ben, we find out Ben Zane later was passed over for the job of running Babylon. Exactly. 5. I got some clips. And 
All right. Uh, the colonel explains that new regulations state that the telepathic probes are enforceable and that all officers must submit. He also announces that Garibaldi is being reassigned to his staff for the duration of the investigation, which is pretty cool. And, then, and at first, Sinclair is like, what do you mean? I, I need Garibaldi. He's like, what, whoa, is there a problem, Sinclair? You can't deal without Garibaldi for a couple of days? I like his style. He's working for me. <laughs> so the, the Earth government now, when it was formed... I mean, what major countries contributed to it? Because they don't have any kind of constitutional thing that would prevent somebody from forcing somebody to undergo a side reading or whatever. Well, I think it, it's because they're military members. They have they're, they're under military articles. What they call, what they call code you're of conduct, absolutely right. right? Yeah. Uh, so they're not civilians. Yeah, they're not. So that's why it was like, if I resign, they can't do it. Right. Okay. Yeah, but side, yeah. side core is like super shady anyway. Right. I mean, you already talked. We already learned about what they did with Ivanova's mom. We have a little more of that in this episode. You know, I mean, they're they're a super shady part of their own thing. I mean, even beyond the Earth government or whatever. So, although it seems like Mister Gray might be kind of okay. Yeah, he's like probably one of the coolest members of Psychor you will meet in the show. <laughs> but you'll find as the show goes on how shady they are. Yeah, let's play our first clip. I, I like this. This is a little banter between Garibaldi and the Colonel. Right. God, if I ever find well, actually, out actually, this is, this is before that. This is, <laughs> I got this one because I love the way Sinclair says, uh, circus act. Here he goes, here he goes. My God, if I ever find out who's behind this circus act. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and he's going he's gonna to reassure uh, Ivanova here that she won't be scanned. And that, again, that strengthens the bond between them a little bit too. He's like, I got you. Don't worry, Susan, I got this. I will not submit to a telepathic scan, Commander. It's against my person and my principles. I don't like it any better than you do. Enough people have played with my brain already this year. Return to duty. Sounds I won't so let it happen. To either of us. <sighs> You're not happy about this investigation, are you, Mr. Gattapulli? Do I have the Colonel's permission to speak freely? Getting the truth is my job. I expect to hear it whenever you talk to me. Yeah, well, in that case, I think this is the biggest pile of horse hockey I ever saw. Who the hell's running Earth Force, Abbott and Costello? <laughs> Abbott and Costello. I like that. I'll require all your security files regarding Babylon 5 staff, including classified and confidential files. You'll have them in the morning. Tonight, Mr. Garibaldi, do it personally. When they're compiled, awesome. bring them here immediately. He's such yes. a bargain basement Picard, man. <laughs> he's like he's like he's like the the dollar store Picard, you know. Dollar store Picard. Oh, it's funny he's though. Mr. Mr. Garibaldi. He's great. He's great. He's got I like. All that, he's got all that diction like uh, Patrick Stewart, but he doesn't have the gravitas. You know what I mean? He's I heard like, they had trouble like, shooting this episode because of that. Like he kept delivering the lines in this Shakespearean like iambic thing, and it's like. They had, he had trouble getting through this dialogue, I think. This actor. Um, what's his name here? Hang on a second here. Ben's, uh, Gregory Greg, Martin. Gregory Paul, Gregory Paul Martin, yeah. Yeah, he had trouble with this, and they had to do a lot of takes because of that. Is he mostly a stage actor? or? Yeah, mostly. He's uh, he's known for a, uh, an adaptation of King Lear set in Tsarist Russia called Tsar Lear. Um, oh. He was in uh, Walk in the Clouds, uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. He was on the CBS After School special. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but mostly, mostly a stage actor. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, I just I love the little banter though between him and and Garibaldi. There's another scene too where they're watching the videos like of what happened and 
you know. It's... But you can always tell when a stage actor moves to TV and they really haven't done a lot of TV because they always have the projection in their voice and they always have the perfect diction. Do it and now. They always put the accent Bring at it the to... end of what they say. Bring it to me now. Regarding Babylon 5 staff, including classified and confident. <laughs> that's great. You'll have them in the morning. Tonight, Mr. Gadabal. Tonight, that's tonight. a project. Project tonight. Do it I... first. I have to play for the people who have the cheap seats in the rafters. When compiled, bring them here immediately. Immediately. <laughs> I thought that this was like a Darth Vader type situation where the actor was on the screen, but somebody else voiced it. I thought Robert Paulson was in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so Gray comes to CNC. He's trying to smooth over Ivanova, and he really makes things worse. Nothing irritates Ivanova more than a telepath, and this guy obviously just ruffles her feathers, and uh, she, you know, she won't have any part of it but he says look we're gonna have to scan you you better get over it i'm cool i i want to be one of you i wanted to be a pilot but they took me out of earth force and you know i'm not, I, i'm sorry i'm just doing my job and she didn't want to hear any part of that she even threatened him and would twist your head off and use it as a chamber pot <laughs> now here's a question i have wouldn't you think though that somebody with psychic abilities would make a great pilot. They would have better anticipation of what the enemy's going to do in a dogfight and but things like that. They're not allowed to serve an Earth, Earth Force. That's the problem. Like Luke Skywalker? Yeah. yeah. Like a jet. Use the Force, yeah. Luke. But yes, they're not allowed to serve an Earth Force. Doesn't mean... It doesn't mean they don't use Star Furies. I'll just say that. Because if, oh. if you remember in Jason Ironheart story, they had this squadron called Black Omega. Right, and we'll learn more about that. But okay. those were telepaths by uh, in the, in those, but they weren't. They're not Earth Force. Somebody else was controlling them. So let's get back to the story. Um, Garibaldi warns Sinclair that Benzane is coming after him hard after spending the whole night with him reviewing videos. I play that scene right here. Yes, sir. Mr. Garibaldi, you look like the back end of an Orion Slitch. <laughs> On a gracious good morning to you, Commander. <laughs> I've been up all night with Colonel Ben Hitler. He wants to interview you at 1200. <laughs> Good. Ben the sooner we can get this lunacy disposed of, the quicker we can get back to doing our job. Look, this is no routine investigation, Jeff. Benzane's questioning everything that's happened in the past year, from Ragesh III, Deathwalker, the Docker strike, Jason Ironheart, to the sabotage attempt during the president's visit. He's questioning every major command decision you've made. Let him. They're all on the record, and they've all been approved. Well, that won't stop him. You know how eyes work. They're like judge and jury. They twist the facts to their own satisfaction and always assume you have something to hide. Maybe we do. Explain. Look, I know you're a by-the-book guy, Jeff, but let's face it. We've rewritten the book a few times to make B-5 work. I made a few enemies along the way. You know, you know what's happening back on Earth, on Mars, all over the Alliance. Presence being attacked on all sides. Off-world groups are screaming for independence. Earth Central's falling apart. Anti-alien groups are spreading their poison everywhere. On and on and on. Guys like Ben Zane thrive in that kind of climate. All the more reason to stand up to him, Michael. Earth Alliance may have problems, but they can't be solved by trampling on human dignity. Yeah, what about Psycor? Ironheart warned us about them pulling strings. I'll deal with them, too. Uh, right, look, this time, you walk off, Jeff. I've seen this kind of witch hunt before. It can get ugly. Yeah. So A witch hunt. That's right. That's right. He's trying well, to I mean, And we've seen, like, the, uh, the foreshadowing in other episodes about the anti-alien sentiment on Earth. Right, you know, the, the anti-alien groups and the the you know Earth First or whatever. Right, so they show you through this wave coming. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's so many Garibaldi isms in this episode, though. <laughs> right, there's so many good ones that he's done. 
Yeah, Abbott and Costello, this stuff. Yeah, he's, 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 it is a lot of Garibaldi this episode. You're right. You think it's about St. Clair, but it's really a lot of him. Yeah, it's a lot of him in this episode. It's um, funny hearing him at, um, like uh, reference Abbott and Costello, though. That'd be like, you know, one of us referencing Punch and Judy or, um, I don't know, Rosencrantz right. and Guildenstern or something, you know. Like 400 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> 400 years ago, a 400-year-old uh, uh, reference. Yeah. Yeah, you know. It's funny how the other guy laughed. Well, great. Mr. Gray. Yeah, he's like, oh, that's funny. I'm going to go Yeah. And the other guy was just angry. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Shut Dude, up. Yeah. The who's on first routine is timeless. That's a good so. one. That's a good one. That's the, what is Niagara Falls, right? Is that the one? Yeah. So, Ivanova, and this is a great scene, too, Chubb, where we see actually, this is what I was thinking of because it's like. There's so many little pieces you see of Ivanova's past. And now we got this whole mm-hmm. little dream sequence of her visioning her mother. Right. And she's tormented by a nightmare where you see the mother actually having to take the sleepers given to her by the Psychor for the first time. Pretty creepy dream. Um, it's so on the nose, isn't it, though? What, what her fears are? Yeah. It's so on the nose. No All I know is housekeeping must be tired of having to change her sheets as many times as she wakes up in a cold sweat. <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> this is just the first season. This is not even all the episodes. It's amazing. You could do drinking game. They love to show her waking up. They, they love to show her either with her mouth, her mouth water. tasting like carpet, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. Like, or <laughs> or having a nightmare where she, you know, she comes out of a nightmare and, and is and is upset. Or the like, computer trying to wake her up her. or something. Yeah, it's always or the something. computer yeah. trying. It's always something. They love doing that to her. I love it. Uh, so when Gray is preparing for his first interview with Sinclair, he has a quick little conversation with um, with Ben Zane. And we hear Bester mentioned for the first time, so I want to play that. Aren't you tired of studying that file? Sinclair is a complex man. I need to know everything about him. Explore strange new worlds. You know Psychor rules prohibit deep scans. Don't be naive, Hanneman. Psychor wants this as much as I do. Sinclair got one of your people killed. Mr. Bester will appreciate anything you can turn up. Bester. So again, he sounds like surprised. Bester. Like he didn't know. And it almost sounds like Bester. It's not like every, like before this, you would think every telepath has to deal with Bester. But in this, it, it's it's like you only know of him, but he never had to actually meet him before. And that Bester, up, is that yeah. douchebag? Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what he kind of says like, to Sinclair here. He goes, oh, I know of him. Yeah. I don't really... <laughs> yeah, he's like that. And he was actually like, he's actually taken back by him. Like, that guy? Like, so let's, let's, like, play, let's play that now. Actually, that leads right into it. Commander. Mr. Gray. I thought I'd find you here. Talia Winters says most telepaths like to feel the acoustics of a room before they perform a scan. The talent is a delicate thing. You'd be surprised what may affect it. I imagine you're very good at it. That's probably why Mr. Bester assigned you to this job. You must be mistaken. I don't know him, at least not personally. (laughs) He and the Colonel are very good friends. Maybe you're scanning the wrong people. So, yeah, so you you got that little second reference to Bester there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, he moved the chess pieces just right. And we hear, and again, he, he doesn't really know. He's like, I know of him, but I don't really know. Right. Yeah, so he knows something's up at that point. I think he knows of Bester's reputation. But you could think he's lying, right? Because we don't trust telepaths right now, right? He could have been a lie. True. 
But so far, he's he's been trying, like the whole episode, he's been trying to look out for these this people. This guy. Like, yeah. This guy. But I mean, so far, all we've seen are telepaths. Either they're on the run or they're evil. If they're part of the core, they're, they're, they're evil. Well, hold on. What about Talia for... Winters, though? We don't, you know, we don't know no, I said much except about her. for. Right, I mean, okay. I, mean, I was about to say, except for Talia. Like, she's the only one, you know, we haven't seen be that way that works for the core. Everybody else that works for the core, they pretty much are on Vester's side, right? True, yeah, pretty much. They're, they're just like this evil, yeah, like you don't know what they're planning. They're against you or they're on the run from them. Yeah, that's a good point. So, Garibaldi, um, Escort Sinclair down to uh, actually hang on a second here. Um, so they piece it together and they kind of figure out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Garibaldi pieces it together where he figures out that he was, Sinclair was a lot lower on the list um, of um, being picked to run Babylon Five. Ben Zane was was actually in the top ten of that list of who's going to be run it. So it kind of pieces it together. Let me see if I have that clip right here. Now what do you play? I got it. You're the commander of. No, actually, I, I didn't clip that one. So, uh, I was—I should have actually, because it's a pretty interesting scene. He's like, well, "You're you're a bit lower, like you know, you were, <laughs> you were a bit lower on that list." But uh, <laughs> but he kind of figures it, and that's where he put it together with Bester, and then the whole you know the whole thing. <laughs> he kind of pieces. Do you together. know where I got this car from? <laughs> I was leading men in Israel. And started laying all these places. Let's play it. I, I I couldn't do any better than than clipping that. So here we go. Babylon Five. Yeah. You know? The regulation says all involved parties on staff may be scanned, and you're involved, Colonel, up to your neck. I should say this is after he like went crazy and took took command of Babylon Five for a minute. Like, right. yeah, okay, he relieved Sinclair, and and there's a whole scene too with Ivanova where she went crazy in the bar. Right, she stepped down from their post. Yeah, that never was... said Ivanova upset Ivanova down <laughs> to the bar. <laughs> I love how the guy started touching her hair. He's like, hey, look at the pretty commander, yeah, right? Like... I like creep much, creep creep and, much on this. And she was like, and she was like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows, yeah. he knows she's a commander. That's what I didn't get. And yet he's still like, thing. hey, what's up, woman who could totally kick my ass? How you doing? Right. Let me play with your hair. <laughs> and she's in charge of Idiot. armed guards and security. You know? She like, kicked the butt of like five of the guys. You see her, she's doing these karate kicks. Oh, and she was fighting everybody. She got the glass way. bottle, the fake glass bottle and threw it over the guy's head, you know, and all the... And then Garibaldi's like, uh, when he approaches her, and, and she's like, what, are you going to arrest me, Garibaldi? He goes, no, I'd like to see the future. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> like, Here's some oxy pills. Sober up, will you? Yeah, yeah. You got to talk her off the ledge. Like, there's no violence for me. My hands are right. up. My no, hands I, are up. I have a vested interest in seeing the future. Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody who's angry and drunk, some oxy. They, they, apparently they have what they call oxy pills, which are like uh, it helps the, the alcohol oxygen. Effect. Oxygen, yeah. right? No, it's not oxycontin. No, okay. that way you. It's a no, dose no. of oxygen. It's just a dose of oxygen. Right, it kind of wakes well. you up a little bit, gives you a little little kick. I was gonna say, if you give them those oxys, that's not gonna wake you up. Yeah, <laughs> that's quite the opposite. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty good scene though, and I love how Garibaldi then says, "All right, the security guards come in. Let's clean up this trash." Like it's like, uh, <laughs> wait a second, she just assaulted like five civilians, right? She just got in this big fight. Oh, that's all right. Just clean up this trash. Bring in the... I yeah, see even so beat up a random dude from that was one of Londo's people. Like, yeah, the Centauri was involved, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Centauri, man. she's hit him with the head with glass. With the glass bottle. With the <laughs> bottle. <laughs> uh, like, so much. Don't mess with Ivanova, man. She, she'll she'll no, flip out on you. Her. 
That's right. <laughs> Thought that that was a cute scene. But then we see the grand finale where Ben Zane, ben Zane finally confronts Sinclair and kind of loses it. And uh, I'll play that right now. That will be all, mister. That's... <laughs> Tony's his bargain for card, you know. I gotta play that again. I'm sorry. Party's on staff, maybe scanned, and you're involved, Colonel, up to your neck. That will be all, Mister. <laughs> that will be all, Mister. Does that go with, with she's using you? Should we should we add that to the clips? Uh, you could. You should. You all right. Should. She's using you. That's Walker. And, so if Daryl can do Ironheart, I'm going to work on my imitation of this guy. Yeah, okay. Come on, you can get it. Get, Jim, get go it. for it. Go for it. Do it. That'll be enough out of you, mister. Oh, let me play it again. I'll, I'll get you oh, cute. You Hang on. Hey. Maybe Shakespeare. You're involved, Colonel. Up to your neck. That will be all, mister. Go, Jim. You got it. That'll be all, mister. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta sing it. You gotta sing it like, that won't be all, mister. Mister. You gotta, you gotta kind of I probably need another like beer through. before I can get it right. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need a couple beers in to get this. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Oh, that's so good. And you're involved, Colonel. Up to your neck. That will be all, mister. That will be <laughs> all, mister. The intent of a Because he sounds like he's had a few beers. There's a little bit, yeah, a little bit of Edward G. Robinson in there, too. You know? Yeah. Right. That'll be all, mister. Mister. Sounds like... My pal Bugs was in this box when I do this, see? Yeah. He, he, remember when he made a jab about drinking too much? It's a, yes. it's a vice. It's a vile, vile habit. That's I, a soldier I, week. Yeah, that's right. I think he's had a lot to drink, too, during this whole thing, because he went to drink when he said it. And I, yeah. and I think he sounds like he's a little, he sounds like he's angry drunk. He's well, very angry they're drunk. probably on, like, take 15 right now, because he keeps flubbing yeah. his lines, so that's probably yeah. why. That'll be all, mister. That'll be all, mister. <laughs> I'll see you in the funny paper. See? <laughs> if I were to ask you why you turned a routine investigation into a personal hunt for my scalp. You flatter yourself, things where? Do I? <laughs> I must have stuck. Go ahead, Jim. Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> you flatter. Go ahead, Jim. Come on. You flatter you yourself, Sinclair. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I love it. Look in your craw when you were passed over for command of Babylon 5. Passed over for a hot shot without any real leadership ability. Sinclair, I'm warning you. There was nothing. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. Until your friend Bester thought of a way to get even for you and for himself. You're insane. You're insane. Maybe it's crazy to think that Earth Force still respects honor, freedom, and human dignity when a maggot like you can spit on some of the best officers I've ever served with. Oh. All for the sake of your own ambition. Right. God, man, I'll have you before an execution squad for this. My God, man, I'll have you in front of an execution squad for this. <laughs> Kneel before Zod. Kneel before Zod. Very hot. Where were you, Colonel? Picking trash out of garbage cans to prove who was loyal and who wasn't? I got this. Leading people into battle. Sinclair. I got these leading people into battle, Sinclair. <laughs> On the New Jerusalem, Cyrus three and a half. New Jerusalem, Israel. Hundred more. <laughs> I saw more death than you could ever conceive of, but I won my battles, and I deserved this command. Iambic pentameter, here we go. I deserved it. I deserved it. <laughs> but thanks to those damn Mimbari, you got it. 
I know all about you and the Minbari, but you won't be doing their bidding much longer. I'm commander of Babylon 5 now, and all your lies won't change that. It's you who's lying, I can feel the Get him, Mayun. Get him. Sick, deep, filthy. In my mind, you little. Oh, that was a slap! <laughs> he slapped him! He slapped him! That was a super slap. He just right slapped Wayun! Oh, I would have liked to have seen this dude in a Shakespearean play, because I bet he's magnificent. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. Oh, it's so good. Stay away, Rob. It's over. It's over for you, Sinclair. You There's the Edward G. Robinson. It's over for you, see? I got and a I, gun in my hand. I, I, I would have got away with it, too. See? <laughs> if you didn't. Spoil my plan, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Spoil my caper. <laughs> He's holding the gun at all three of them. <laughs> Soldiers, I'll have you all up before a tribunal. Tribunal. Go ahead. He can't get all of us. Famous last words from a trio of mutineers. Colonel. Oh, oh. Pain. Oh, did the pain. Did the pain move. You what happens when you bitch slap a, a side sidecore, dude? That's right. I'm saying, <laughs> you get Sinclair punched him so <laughs> stiff that his whole shirt went up, like when he punched him. Yeah, yeah, his whole jacket went up halfway up his, his, his chest, right? Yeah. Went up. I'll reanimate your ass. <laughs> <laughs> You're insane. <laughs> reanimate this, my <mama>, <laughs> So that brings an end to the episode of Eyes. Uh, ben Zane obviously got shipped back in disgrace, and so did Mr. Gray, and that's the end of the story. But we do see a quick little, a cute little scene where um, uh, Garibaldi and Lanier on the bike together behold the ninjas, the X11, <laughs> and they zoom yeah. off through down the corridor together, right? So uh, I love how he says he put him in Bari power source, too. It's like they couldn't use gasoline. That was no. the other question I had. Is like, where the hell is he going to ride this thing? Right. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's, it's not like they power. show us a lot of wide open spaces here on Babylon Five. You know, it's, it's clean and efficient. It's it's it's, it's electric. There's no there's no uh, no gasoline, and uh, yeah, good stuff. All right, guys. So we'll do a quick uh, trivia for eyes. Then we'll get to our best of ratings and our listener best of ratings. So uh, let's see here. This is a pretty easy one. Ten points. What is Garibaldi trying to build in this episode? Motorcycle. 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 Right, Ninja. Ten points for everybody. You all said it's eleven. You all said it at the same time. Ten points for everybody. Who is um no, I don't like that question. Um what organization does Harriman Gray belong to? Eyes. No, sir. What organization Psych Thank you. Well, well <laughs> all right. Do you get to do two answers? I don't know. What do you guys say? Yeah. Yeah? Well, just Mr. fight Gray, me. Go yeah, ahead. I'll bitch slap you. Pain. Hey Craig. Pain. <laughs> Uh, what is the high-level Earth Force? Which of the high-level Earth Force officers stationed on B five has a spotless record? Ivanova. Ivanova. Yes, Chubb, you got in first. That was you. Uh, what moon in the, in the Terran system has recently been attacked by a Mars separatist group? A blue one. Phobos. Um, Phobos, Chubb, you're on it. Ten points for Chubb. What is the password to Garibaldi's computer files? Peekaboo. Oh, you got that one. Daryl. Peekaboo it is. What officer does eyes question first? 
Sinclair. Sinclair. It's kind of a trick question. Garibaldi, I'm not gonna, he? you know, I'm a, I don't like this answer because it's saying Lou Welch, but he didn't identify himself as eyes yet. So no, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna scratch that one. Out. I don't like that. I don't like this this trivia question. Yeah, that um, wasn't an official question, man. Yeah, which controversial decision of Sinclair's is questioned by Ari Benzing? Oh, the, the business reallocation of the to budget to the dock the, workers. Yes, doctor. yes, and yes. So the the, the dock workers strike. So ten for yeah. Chubb, ten for Daryl. How's that? You both we were using that money anyway. That's right. I, I, I was any means necessary. It was the title of the episode. Damn it! Who is not in Ivanova's <laughs> dream? Actually, that's a stupid question. It's not multiple choice. It's Talia. So never yeah. mind that one. Her mom. Yeah, yeah he's like, yeah. who is not? Um, what does Ivanova attempt to do in order to avoid being scanned by the telepath? Quit. Resigned. Yep, resigned. Daryl said it first. Uh, Ten points for Daryl. What is the main reason that Eyes doesn't like Sinclair? Oh, because he got the station before he did. He wants his job. Yep, ten points for Daryl. Let's see here. Who said the following quote at the end of the episode? It's good to have things back to normal. That was Sinclair? Uh, It was... No. Garibaldi? No. It was Ivanova talking to Sinclair. Yes. Oh, they're okay. getting in the elevator and they see the, the oh, motorcycle go off. Oh, right, yeah. right, no right. points on that one. So, Okay, good trivia. Let's get to our best of ratings. Daryl, we'll start with you. Grail. Uh, the Grail, I, you know, for the acting, it, I had to give it two. And two is for the acting. The rest of it stunk. I, the directing was terrible. But for the acting alone, uh, I'll give it two out of out of five. Okay. Sorry, um, it's your lowest, it yeah. sounds like, of season one right there. It's uh... Yeah, it's kind of my lowest because it was just that bad. I think the directing was just that bad. Um, yeah, noticeable. Any means necessary, I would have – I mean, it wasn't an Eyes. important episode. Eyes, you mean uh, – Eyes. Yeah. And then, and then Eyes. Every means necessary was the one with the uh, the, uh, the labor dispute. Talk oh, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Uh, it wasn't an important, important episode, but there are little tendrils that will be uh, connect to – Future stuff, so I'll give it. I'll give it a. a I'll give it a three out of five for that. Okay, that's fair, Jim. Uh, I give the first one a three because of David Warner, and I love David Warner, so I'll give him that. Uh, even though the directing was subpar, or whatever, and I'll give the second one a three point five because uh, of our Shakespearean friend being so uh, clever and uh, and fun to listen to, and because Jeffrey Coombs. Jeffrey Combs, just because. Yep. Chubb. Yeah, I mean, I kind of have to agree when you actually look at Grail from a technical film standpoint. It, it is very poorly directed, and um, just even the edit's not that great. Um, yep, no, but, it's not. It's lazy. But I did mm-hmm. like the writing. I thought the story was compelling. I thought the story was good. Now, if I could just rate David Warner, it's five besters all the way. But this episode is nowhere near a five bester. Um, so I'm going to have to agree with Jim, three. Um, for Eyes, I, I really liked this episode. Um, I'd say probably it was about a 3.5, 3.75, somewhere in there. Okay. Um yeah, a lot of technical problems, I think, with Grail uh, that took it away from me. I think this uh, David Warner did the absolute best he could. They all did. Even the Jinxo character was a little bit, his acting was a little subpar, too. I mean, it was just, it was a little painful to watch I, I, at times. Towards the end, though, towards the end, I thought it picked up with him. He got emotional. Yeah, the less he said, the better he was, I think, as an actor. Like, 
Right. You know, it's, it's like, every time he opened his mouth, Commander Sinclair, the Vorlon's after me. You know, so I'll be generous and give it a three. I think it really probably belongs somewhere in the twos, but but David Warner kicked it up to a three, so we'll say that. As far as Eyes is concerned, look, we just had a lot of a good time laughing about an episode. Um if it's giving us pleasure, it's got to be up there, right? So I'll, I'll say 3.75. I'm fine with it. These are not epic Babylon 5 episodes for sure. This is just some of the some of the tougher spots on, on Season 1 we're going through right now. Um, but again, we got a couple of good laughs out of, out of Colonel Ben Zane. And uh, good seeing Jeffrey Combs again, you know, big Star Trek um, actor. At least to come. You know, it's just actually before he got involved with Star Trek, actually. So this is a little, uh, yeah, it's before his, his tint there. Uh, what were we going to say, Chubb? Did you have a question? or well, Who cares what we have to say? We have an amazing Facebook group. Get involved if you are not now. Go to Facebook.com. Do a search for the Gray Council Podcast at Join Group. We get you in right away, and you get to leave your very own best of ratings for the, each and every episode that we're covering through this revisit of Babylon 5, read by our only number one, uh, our number one eyes... <laughs> <laughs> Inspector, Mr. Colonel Jim Dietz. So, Jim, would you Mr. take Colonel. <laughs> Mr. Colonel Jim Dietz. Horse hockey. Okay. Um, <laughs> thanks for writing in and joining the Facebook group. Uh, as I said, you know, go on to Facebook and uh, join in. You can chime in as well. Like these lucky people. Uh, Brian Anderson, two for Grail. Just not my favorite story, but four besters for eyes. Love the story and love how they had it out for Sinclair. Uh, Shinto Karateka, three for Grail. Five for eyes. Okay? Short and sweet. Uh, Aiden O'Donnell, 2.5 for Grail. I found the story a little on the silly side. The score would have been lower, but for the presence of two of my favorite actors, David Warner, David Warner and Jim Norton. Although Jim Norton was in the second episode. Not right, first. right. Um, I scores four. Now I saw enough episode. Uh, Benjamin Plume. All right, let's see. I'll go 3.5 for Grail. My memory of this episode is, what was, is that it was hokey and kind of dumb. I guess it, it is, in a way it is, uh, but I enjoy the Membari showing us how to be open to different perspectives, and it's kind of an actual sweet story for Jinxo. It is. Uh, and a solid four for eyes. I wish the lead investigator had been a little little less over the top, but then again, I I love any opportunity to watch Jeffrey Combs. A good Go story line, with more interesting implications. Uh, Patrick Patterson. Uh, Grail, the ombudsman and the seeker are played well, and Londo brings the comedy. The rest is kind of uninteresting, so I think two bastards are about right. Eyes that final uh, <laughs> eyes that decision brings consequences with time is really good, and the guest actors are okay. Four bastards and pain, pain, and the pain. Clubber, clubber, what's your what's your uh, what's your prediction for the fight? Pain. It's <laughs> my favorite quote from that movie. Rocky Three, uh, baby. Yep. Alex Donald uh, also writes in. Uh, Grail scrapes in for three besters, entertaining enough with some humor in the courtroom and from our man Londo. I love Babylon 5 too much to rate any episode lower. All right, uh, so I Alex get... is never going below three? This is like the lowest? All right. I guess so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, Dedication. He loves the show. All right, it's good. Uh, yeah. Eyes gets four besters. I enjoy it every time I watch it, as well as people trying to get back at Sinclair for past events. There's the beginning of other issues that will continue throughout for the next few seasons. Thank you all, Honored Seekers, for uh, giving us your best ratings. And uh, to all your friends, wake the neighbors, let them all know to join the Facebook group, and you too can chime in and let us know how you feel about these wonderful Babylon 5 episodes. If you want to get in on the fun, please... 
join the Gray Council podcast group, Babylon 5 Revisited. We have 136 members strong right now. We just started a few weeks ago. So join the fun. We're going to go right through this thing, right through the end of Season 5. We're not. This train does not stop. We are not getting off. And uh, two episodes a week. So join the fun. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up this episode, guys? Fear's coming back. Fear the Walking Dead is coming back. Yes, starts uh, next week. So we'll be reverting. So we're going to be switching our recordings from Mondays to Tuesdays, I think is what we pretty much agreed, if everyone's in line with that. Um, it'll give you a little extra time, you listeners out there. It'll give us your bester ratings for each episode. Uh, so you may see a little delay. Don't think we're going anywhere. We're just shifting it by one day. Because uh, we're gonna we we do cover Fear of the Walking Dead, and then that goes into The Walking Dead uh, when that starts up again in, in October. So it's going to be a long run for that. All right. Uh, if there's no other final thoughts, we'll just kind of close it out. Uh, where can our listeners hear where we're talking when we're not talking Babylon Five or The Walking Dead? Uh, Daryl, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, you can uh, check me out on Twitter at the voice one two three. You can go to the Taylor Network and uh, check out the feed, and it has all the podcasts that are on the network, including this one. Um, and that's it. You can check it out there. All right, Jim. Jim. Damn it, Jim. Hey, you can check out uh, HHWLOD is where you can find the Walking Dead TV podcast, of course. Uh, where you can listen to all of us talk about the Walking Dead. You can also find the uh, DC All-Stars podcast, which I'm a co-host of there. Uh, Taylor Network of Podcasts every week. You can check out uh, Nothing's On. With uh, Daryl and uh, and Donnie and myself, this week we talk about the chicken swap. So you're not going to want to miss that. Who? Yeah, you don't even know what chicken swap is, do no you? No idea. I have no I, idea. Uh, find that. out, huh? Bring your keys. Bring you bring your keys and you throw them in a bowl and then you go home with whatever chicken <laughs> keys you grab. That's the chicken swap. Is that what you want anyway. to do out there in Pittsburgh? Is that, is that how you all get, get down? That's how we're working on the farm. Yeah, yeah. That's how we do it on the farm. Farm stuff. And uh, you can also check me out on it, oldmagicgaming.com. We've got uh, every every week uh, we have a new uh, pod, uh, actual play podcast with uh, sound effects and background music, all kinds of stuff to turn kind of a radio play. And uh, one week it'll be Crown of Queens, which is our um, kind of Game of Thronesy, more intrigue type show. And then uh, more traditionally, the uh, Great Old Ones, which is the OG of the channel. So check that out, oldmagicgaming.com. My blog is there as well, Old Man Gamer. So excellent, thank you, Chubb. Uh, yeah, they already mentioned it, uh, the DC All-Stars Comics Podcast, and of course the Walking Dead Podcast, and this podcast. Um, you can uh, reach me on the socials at chubtoad one Excellent, thank you. And when I'm not talking The Walking Dead or Babylon 5, I'm the host of the Auto Chat Show, autochatshow.com, uh, facebook.com slash autochatshow. Me and my co-host Teddy review new cars, discuss cars and pop culture, whatever else creeps into our heads at that particular moment. Uh, we happen to review the Jeep Cherokee, not the Grand Cherokee, the Cherokee. It's a good car. Check out the review. We had a lot of fun talking about that last week. Um, and we've got many, many, many new car reviews to come up. So uh, check that out. Um, and as always, like I said, The Walking Dead is coming back, so that's uh, that's our main uh, audience show there. So if you want to cross over from Babylon 5 and listen to us banter about Fear of the Walking Dead and, and, and the parent show, The Walking Dead, uh, please switch on over. It's on the HHWLOD network where this show is also on the master feed, that is. Um, but we also... Um, 
have its own channel called the Walking Dead TV Podcast, or WDTV for short. So check us out over there if you want to join the Facebook page. We appreciate that. It's, instead of our uh, Bester ratings, we do Buster ratings uh, for The Walking Dead, and we do Toby ratings for uh, the Fear the Walking Dead. It's a very similar format. So if you want to check out that show, and again, that's starting back up again next week. We appreciate listening, folks. Uh, Jim, you want to take us out with an Ari Benzane quote or something? You want to <laughs> you want to end the show? The numbers didn't add up. <laughs> Thank you, I David just Warner. didn't care anymore. <laughs> but they do add up. They do add up. <laughs> take care, folks.